Hey guys, welcome back to the sixth episode of After the Buzzer. So today we'll be discussing everything related to the playoffs. And my name is Rashid. My name is Aditya. Hi. Uh, my name is Ishan. And my name is Neil. Hello everyone. It's good to be on the podcast. Uh, I'm definitely excited to talk about the uh, playoffs and um, what has happened so far. Okay, Neil, you want to get started with the thing? Yeah. All right. Well, let's start it off with... Well, I'm just going to start off by saying straight up like... I was that was crazy upset with Phoenix dominating the Lakers, but to be completely honest with you guys, I'm actually kind of happy about the situation. But at the same time, it was kind of weird to me. Like, if you get what I mean. Uh, you guys may not believe me, but I actually predicted Phoenix before the series even started to beat the Lakers. Um, and it's not even like a disrespect against LeBron. I just think that if you take away Le- if you take away AD. Or LeBron, the team isn't doing much, and I think we saw that when Le- when AD got injured. So, yeah, as well, as soon as AD got injured, that prediction got stronger. So, yeah, yeah, I, like I was about to say as well, like adding up to what Ishan said, it was kind of predictable in a way, and it was also kind of confusing because, like, when you think of a team that's they won the championship the pre- previous year, right? Of course, they're gonna have high expectations to probably go into the final and will win the win the whole thing again. This year was a little weird though, because as as what Ishan was saying, AD's injury was it, it proved to be very significant. It was a significant loss for the Lakers, and LeBron couldn't hold up his whole team to to win the series, and it, it's just quite confusing. Like I know I remember in the very beginning of the se- like this NBA season, the Lakers were on fire. They were dominating like four or five losses, like fifteen wins, twenty wins. They were they were all going off. Like, but now we can see how injuries can make or break a team season. And ultimately, when the time came, the Lakers didn't show up. And yeah, I mean, it's it's part of the game. We saw then the 2019 Raptors versus Golden State that injuries are definitely a part of the game. So I I think LeBron did say that this um, upcoming off season where they have more days to rest, you'll be back near 100%. So it'll be interesting to see how that will work, how that'll turn out. See, I, I, I feel like the major issue with this team is that they only have two yeah. star players, right? All of the other team, it, it's they really don't have any key players to support their team or have like supporting players. Like before they had, uh, wait, what do you call it? I, I forgot. Yeah. He was, he's on the okay, John Rondo. As their point guard, yeah. right? Rondo, yeah. Yeah, they had Rondo before. He was, he was leading the team pretty well, but like right now, they got no one. They got Dennis Who was zero from nine. Yeah. He's everything yeah. good. Exactly, but like, if you saw Dennis Schroeder before, right? He, he his position wasn't that highlighted, and he was playing in like an underdog position. So getting that starting position now, he's trying to hog the ball. He wants to show his dominance, and because of that, there's no like sharing or no passing the ball happening. And honestly, I just think they need better assets, like especially with their shooting guard position. I I, I agree with you that Dennis Schroeder is uncomfortable with the way that Lakers are playing because because he was on such a garbage team. I'm not garbage, but you know, OKC was a fairly decent team with the three-guard lineup and he was always the head of the bench is why he dominated the ball so much. So either he has to be able to get used to to the Lakers' play style or he'll be traded or... um, yeah yeah no for sure and i can see how like all this um makes sense and then you also have people like marcus hall too you know that um you know we lost him from the raptors after the uh 20 2020 to 2021 series uh season sorry or sorry the 2019 to 20 
2020 uh, season, we lost him and he got traded to the Lakers. And, you know, we can see that even him, you know, not making that much of a difference to the team. You, it's And we've seen this. Uh, in championship teams, yes, there are stars. And I'm not saying that LeBron or AD is not a star. Obviously, they're both top five players. But when you look at, let's say, the Spurs that won cha- multiple championships compared to the Lakers, look at their role players in contrast to the Lakers. Their role players are able to carry the weight if that the um, or able to fill the gaping holes that the star players have. So, See, yeah, exactly. So what I'm thinking is a trade between the Spurs and Lakers. Right now, the Spurs, their point guard position, they do have uh, White, right? But like, they can probably get someone better than him. I so I feel like maybe, uh, you know, the Lakers take up DeRozan because they they got a lot of cap space. They got like 56 million this year. I mean, next year for cap space, right? So if if they if they if they take on DeRozan's contract and then uh, trade uh, shorter away, or I know DeRozan's free agency. My bad. What am I saying? So like if they just sign up DeRozan straight up, it'll really help them. They'll get a third star player as well as when the other two are injured because you know LeBron is not injury prone. But like after this year, after his statement this year, I kind of see how he plays. Like you know when he said that I don't think I'll ever get back to like 100% uh, health. I honestly think he won't. Like, I think he's right. Because seeing by how he plays now, I don't know. And AD, he's pretty... Yeah, he's not explosive anymore. And KD's is always injured, right? So, I would say DeRozan definitely would fit into the the play style for the Lakers as well, too. Yeah, no, Rishi, I completely agree with you. I'd say DeRozan, too. Like, as you said, you know, they've got a lot of cap this summer. But, like, what other players do you think we should expect to see inside the Lakers, like, other than DeRozan? Uh, what are you guys' uh, hot takes on that? I mean, the Lakers were uh, targeting Damian Lillard, and I I kind of feel like that's a little unrealistic with what they'll want for um, Damian Lillard. Yeah. But, you know, with all these Laker fans, it's crazy, but... I, I don't think they need any more wing scoring. I think the guard position is what's um, what's lacking. Guard, yeah. So, so I think the best one for now will be Kyle Lowry for sure. What do What do you think about Kyle Lowry? Adi? Kyle Lowry, um, when he when we've seen him play with the um, Raptors, it's it's very interesting because he's not the type of player you give the ball when a LeBron and AD are injured and go tell him to drop fifty and carry the team but when he's with other players that um that you know he's connected his leadership kind of shows and he's able to push the team forward so yeah Larry could be a great choice if, um if LeBron or AD isn't injured but as for like a scoring wise it wouldn't be a great option so 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 what I would say is if we can trade Kyle Lowry because they do have cap space they can handle this for Montrez Harrell right we're getting a, a better power forward or even a, a potentially a, a player who can play the, the center position, right? We have Chris Boucher who's playing power forward already as well. So everything will even out there. So that's probably the only trade I can see happening or the or them signing DeRozan in the free agency because DeRozan probably does want to go to a, a, a championship contending team, right? He's been stuck on like teams that weren't able to contend for a championship for like way too long now, right? Mistake me if I'm wrong, but isn't Larry going to be a free agent this upcoming free agency? Yeah, so they just have yeah, to sign. Yeah, yeah, that's the reason I was thinking, oh yeah, true, yeah, you're right. He's, he's a free agent this summer, so he, there's no trade. Then he just, no, but like, unless we do a signing trade, that's the only way, because I'm pretty sure uh, Kyle Lowry's, uh, you know, loyal enough to be able to do a signing trade with us. 
and help us out as well as help him out as well too because he's probably we're gonna sign him for like a big contract and trade him away to a team like the Lakers and help us out there so yeah and as he said you know there's a lot of speculations and stuff but as Lowry said he said he's gonna retire as a Raptor so no matter where he goes from here right so say he goes to Lakers or whatever you know we all know it doesn't matter if he comes back for a 10-day contract you know five-day contract, whatever it doesn't matter we always know that he's gonna retire as a Raptor so he, he's helped us out. He's been there through all the tough times, right? He's been there through the good times as well, too. So, I, I respect him for that. Okay. Um, what do you guys think about the rest of the playoffs uh, and how the series have turned out? You guys want to start the West? Why don't we start with the West and kind of, you know, go through each series? Yeah, let's do the Western Conference and then move on to Eastern after. Just a quick uh, recap. So as of the time, as this podcast is um, being recorded, currently the Lakers have been eliminated. Portland Trailblazers have also been eliminated. So it started off with... It started off with um, the Suns taking game one. Lakers then took game two. The Lakers took game as well and then the Suns made a comeback taking game four or five and then eventually winning the series in game six so they'll advance on to play the Nuggets and so that's tomorrow at 10 and uh, we'll see from there so my predictions from that so this is actually quite interesting so my personal take is I feel like my personal take is Nuggets in seven what are you guys' hot picks on that Suns and Seven. You see, the thing is, I feel like the only reason Suns won were because of all the injuries. I I, I respect the Suns. I think they're a great team. They have they have a great uh, roster. You know, uh, Chris Paul leading all of them. But the main issue uh, with the Suns team is that their players are still kind of raw with their talents, right? And in in the Nuggets, they have such great uh, players. They they got like Aaron Gordon right now. They got uh, Jokic. The the main yeah the Joker. They they also got uh, who else? They got they got uh, Doc Doc Rivers' son Austin Rivers. Although he's not that big of a player, but still, I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, MPJ. He's going off. He's been recently like just dominating. I guess somehow I don't even know how. And I think Nuggets just have a great team all around. Whereas the Suns, they have one All Star caliber player, and I'm not referring to uh, uh, Booker. I'm referring to Chris Paul. Booker is nowhere near. Booker is nowhere near all-star level. I don't care what you guys say. He's nowhere near all-star level. Like, he can play good. But, like, when it comes time to, like, actually leading his team, he just can't do that. I, I would choose Trey Young in leading a team over uh, Booker. I, I don't care how much you guys think. He might be a good scorer. Yeah. But here's the thing. So, like, here, here's the thing as well. Um, You know... The Suns haven't made the playoffs in over a decade, like 11 years. So the thing is, they lack that playoff experience. Yeah, if you get what true. I mean. Like before Raptors, before Raptors made the play, uh, made the finals, they had countless amount of years of getting eliminated in the playoffs so many times. Eventually, they made it up finally to the finals. So the thing is, you know, this, you know, they that team, the Suns don't really have that much experience, and they don't. I don't think you know Devin Booker mm-hmm. has never been to a playoff game, right? So. They don't really have that type of experience. So the thing is, like, you know, they could uh, proceed forward. But the thing is, I think the chances of that are kind of slim just because of the lack of experience that they have. 
if you allow me to uh, talk, we saw um, Devin Booker in the against the Lakers, you know, really torched them offensively. And I think I think pairing Chris Paul alongside him fills the holes in Devin Booker's game, which makes him a great teammate. And if we look at the Nuggets back uh, Nuggets uh, backcourt, their guards their guard positions, who do they really have to guard uh, Devin Booker? You know, Michael Ford Jr. isn't a great option. You have Austin Rivers, who's eh, no. So, and also, I feel that um, I don't. I don't think Jokic will be able to like Jokic will do some LeBron type stuff and just go for like fifty a fifty point triple double. But I think if DeAndre Ayton and the other bigs are able to somewhat contain him, then I think the Suns would have a fairly good chance. But at the end of the day, it's all how Devin Booker plays. If Devin Booker decides to shoot a one for fifteen. And and get like five points, then the Suns are losing, obviously. But if he goes, if he explodes for like thirty points a game, which he's nearly doing against, which he was nearly doing against the Lakers, then I think they have a very strong chance winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like I, I still feel like the Nuggets are a stronger team just because Jokic. You, you got to keep in mind that Jokic is more of a, a passer, as you see with all his flashy passes and stuff. He can score. Yeah, he's a great scorer, of course. That's why he's in the M- MVP race. But he's also just as great. He has ball IQ, right? And with that in mind, we can estimate that he's going to be able to set up a lot of plays for all like all, all like his teammates. And I, I don't know. In my opinion, I think Nuggets are winning it in six, not even in seven, just in six. Okay. okay. Awesome. Now let's move on to the Clippers versus the Mavs. I think that's the most interesting ah, game right, right now. Yeah, it's, it's a weird trend with how it's going on. They're all. They're both three they're three right games. Now. Yeah. yeah. Both, the, both the teams recording three three. Yeah. And I was just going to ask, like, how have we seen Luca play in a game seven before? I don't think we Good have. Question. Like, if if you if you remember, he can make clutch shots. Like he's he's basically a more clutch version of Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion. I, I remember. I think a year ago or two years ago, when he first came into the league, he made that clutch shot from like uh the corner as well. I'm pretty sure. Uh, and he's, he's, he's made some clutch shots. And you know that that particular position he has when uh, Paul George is guarding him? That position is key for him. If, if, they, if they put all their five players in, in, in that area of the court and just leave everything else open, they might have a higher chance at stopping Luka. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a joke. I'm just joking. But still, like, I feel like... I'm, I'm not sure. This game is really ambiguous to me. I'm not sure if Luca's gonna gonna take it or if the the Clippers and, and Kawhi are gonna take it because Kawhi has that motivation, right? He's trying to win Game Seven. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he has a better Game Seven luck, you know, after like the Raptor, Raptors clutch shot. But after seeing l- his last clutch shot, I'm, I'm not I'm not really sure. But still, yeah. I think uh, this whole series depends on how Kawhi plays. It's not yeah, how Luca how, plays. It's how Kawhi exactly, plays. Yeah. Uh, so who do we have moving out of this Game 7 series? Game 7? I would say Mavs for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got the Mavs. I'd probably say the Clippers. Strong Luka's team is. But I think, I think like, Luka himself can lead the team pretty well. Okay. I, 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 was, I, was, I was contemplating a, bit, a, bit, a little bit because, you know, we've, when, we've seen, like, some, there have been some games where Kawhi has this, it's been very disappointing in, uh, in Game 7s. But it doesn't ignore the fact that he's very strong in elimination games. There, yeah, there's some bad apples. But, yeah, I still take the Mavericks, though, in, um, in seven games. 
Okay, so let's say that, you know, they do, like, let's say the Mavericks do proceed. Then they would go off to play Utah. So predictions for that? How do we... I think I think Utah are gonna win this. I I think just because they're more well-rounded team and with how and like yeah, yeah. Really See, I think Rudy Gobert so. is like if not one of the best defensive players in in this league right now. Like his his defense, yeah, he is he is for She's sure. Really like, underrated. Even after the whole uh, COVID nineteen incident last year when he cuffed in the mic and stuff, even though I think I think it's funny to me, but still I think he's he's a great player. And I would, I would love to see him go on a different team and see how the, the Jazz play along if he were not to not be on their team. And also see how he helps a different team and impacts them in a positive or negative way, right? Yeah. Right. Okay, let's move on to the East Coast now. Let's move on to the, the Eastern Conference. Uh, yes, the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. So yes, all right. Who do you guys see uh, going out of this? Uh, I'm gonna say Bucks and seven. Yeah, Bucks are due. I can't even lie. Really, Bucks and seven. You guys really think Bucks are gonna win it all? Yeah, I think I think this whole first game was just an understanding of how Brooklyn plays because just remember, they've only played seven games together, the big three. So if you and I don't know what. I don't, I don't know what Budenholzer was thinking playing Jeff Teague and PJ Tucker on these um on these on Kyrie KD and Harden but I think if they just you know, reevaluate how the game went and um they focus more on the big men which uh, Brooklyn does not have then um then they can definitely uh, beat them Honestly I think Blake Griffin is not yeah like as you said I kind of agree with you cuz Blake Griffin He's more of a attacking uh, power forward rather than playing defense, right? Like the only player I could see helping uh, through trying to the to block, like you know, the Bucks is Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka plays really well as a power forward in the defensive end, especially. And the Bucks, re- I mean, and the Nets don't really have a player who can play defense that well. They have mostly attacking players, right? And uh, yeah, they have Nicholas Claxton and um, DeAndre Jordan, but they tend to get a lot of fouls. And if you look at Kyrie, man's a ball hog. I don't care what people say. He ball hogs so facts, much. Facts. And, and facts. because of this, because of this, they can't play all three players at the same time. As you said, you know, seven games. Like, they only played together for, like, I think seven or eight games. And the main reason is that Kyrie just wants the ball all the time. If you're And you've seen that. Harden's adjusted his playing style. He went from averaging like 40 points per game or even, like, 35 points per game to like I don't know his average went up. He averaged like ten point eight assists per game now. Yeah, yeah. Like he's changed the playing style. The only one that hasn't adapted to this new style is Kyrie. And and I don't know. This is a hot take for me, but I think Kyrie's gonna be out of the league in like a few years if he keeps up with this sort of thing. You know how like on the Celtics, he kind of like his playing role like kind of diminished for a few uh, seasons. I mean, for a few games and stuff. I think that's gonna eventually happen to him if like. If once he leaves this Nets team, he's gone. I don't think he's he's gonna be able to make a big comeback in the NBA. That's just my hot take. Because based on his playing style, ball is not hogging. Like you can't just be the key player on the team. You gotta pass her. No matter how bad your other players are, you have to set up the right play. Even for yourself, you have to set up those plays, right? You can't just exactly, rely only yeah. on yourself to make those plays. And so. I think we saw a little bit of that in the 2016 finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of him ball mm-hmm. hogging. Yeah. Yeah, like 
he doesn't realize the fact that he can u- utilize these other players to even set up shots for him. He's just he just thinks he can do it all. So I don't think he's yeah like I honestly would say Nets in seven, but now that I think about it, maybe Bucks in seven might also happen. So we'll have to wait. And, and see. they also need to put with James Harden now. I don't know how long he's going to be out. It could be just one day he is out with the hamstring or something. Yeah, but I think if they just really put Drew Holiday and Chris Milton on these on the star players more often, then the Bucks have a higher chance. I don't know why Mike Budenholzer didn't do that during the game, but yeah, it's weird. See now, I was looking up hamstring injuries right now as as we were talking, and I don't know, like if it's a, a great three hamstring strain as it, what what it says online. It could be as long as three months, right? Now, considering it might be a grade one hamstring st- uh, strain, I think he's going to be out for at least this this whole, you know, uh, round. Series. So, series, exactly. So, I don't know if Harden's going to come back. And if he does, he's going to be in a lot of pain. He's going to be playing through pain. And that's going to impact yeah. his next season and his chances for Same next season. Same thing with AD, basically. Same thing. Exactly. But but AD has a groin injury rather than a Yeah, I know, I know, but he's going to aggravate the injury. That's what I'm gonna Yeah, say. yeah, exactly. See, see, like with with these really shortened season, right? Where you're you're putting in so many games, you don't have time for conditioning, you don't have time for like that proper training and, and the proper way to relax your muscles. Because at the end of the day, right, your muscles are gonna be so strained up, you're gonna end up cramping them, right? Like if you ever played like back-to-back basketball games in, in like for like yeah. five hours straight. You get cramped up, you feel tired, and then imagine doing that all over again tomorrow, doing that again, right? Because five hours worth of playing ball for us is like one hour for them because they're under serious pressure by all these pretty good players in the NBA, right? So, yeah, I honestly think they need more time, and hopefully next year can give them that leeway they need to get back into the normal season and start playing like proper players again. Yeah, and with the off season really, you know, being um being much longer than it was before, these players now have a chance to get healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so now the 76ers versus versus Hawks. What do you think about that? Uh, okay, this is quite interesting. Um, I think it's all depending on how Joel Embiid turns up. If he's healthy, then the 76ers obviously are winning. But if he's not, I see the Hawks winning like six or seven. First, before we go on to that, I want to try to talk about the Knicks versus the Hawks. Like, oh, I feel like okay. we, we, we do have oh, more to talk about. the previous games, right? Yeah. yeah. So I thought the I, Knicks were going to win that series, actually. Addy, what's your take on that, man? See, like, from what I thought after watching, because I'm not a guy that watches too much basketball, but I remember seeing all of these random posts on social media about Trey Young. And how he's he's honestly he's adapted so well into the playoffs and he's almost turned into a new a, a new baller basically. He's just yeah. absolute. He's he has that fiery like fiery and the passion in him to just win games. And also, I, I don't know what the word is. He oh he's almost like a demon. He's unleashed his demon side on us. Like the amount of times he starts to shush the crowd, tries to wind the crowd up, tries to wind up the Nick. Like how he tried to wind up the Nick, like the Knicks and their and their players. It's just so it's so funny to watch. Not so fun. At least for me, because I'm a I'm a soccer player. I like to see see it when people try to wind up the other team, right? So mm-hmm. Trey Young's yeah. really impressed me this season so far. I, I think it's the Treyus Balding um group as uh, the the Treyus Balding chant that really made him a demon. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is is that he has uh, Collins and also uh, Clint with him on the side, right? Clint, so the, yeah. one of the best centers in my in my opinion on the, in in this league right now. Because he has that strength 
and he has a height to dominate over other centers. He's like a Joel Embiid, but like except a smaller version of him, or even a Chris Boucher in my opinion. But Chris Boucher is too skinny. Like he would easily get dominated by Clint Capella just because of his sheer strength. Do you think he can guard Joel Embiid if he comes back healthy? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. He he can easily guard him. Clint uh, Clint is strong enough to guard him. And uh, I think Josh Collins, right? That's his name. Um, John Collins. John Collins. Yeah. John Collins, he's a pretty good power forward in my opinion as well too. Like he can score, he can do a little bit of everything. So Trey Young has a good solid three. They might be, they not, they might not be like all star threes, but they, they're like, solid. they're like the 2019 Raptors all over again with all these. Yeah, underdogs. we we cannot also forget about DeAndre eight, uh, DeAndre Hunter. Sorry, my bad. Uh, that has um that is showing some upside and is a good defensive um presence for Tobias Harris in this series. And I, I think they've already started the game. Uh, game one just started at once. So, mm-hmm. And also, the 76ers have a great um, player in, in Tyrese Maxey as well too, right? Even though I think he's, he's coming off the bench, right? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah. And I think he's, he's making a great impact on the game as well too right now. And he's just helping the, the teams overall. His team overall, not all the teams. Yeah. Yeah, so I think all of us, all of us know that this year, LeBron and Steph will not be playing in the finals. And it's going to be the first time since 2010 that these two greats haven't been in the final. And to me, when I look at it, I almost look at like, like the two, the two goats, the two big players in the league almost stepping down. So what players do you think, what ballers do you think are going to take their places almost in a way? Like we've been talking about John Doncic, Trey Young, all those other players. Who do you think is going to rise up? Let's start with you. Uh, I'm gonna. You I'm gonna see. I'm. I'm gonna make a prediction now. The, the for the next five to ten years, we're gonna see Luca and Jason Tatum in the finals. Luca and JT. Okay. See, first of all, I think Luca for sure. Luca is one of the best players in the league right now, and I, I could definitely see. Like I was looking at an IG post on by the NBA recently on Luca and. He like he, he at the age of sixteen he was on the Real Madrid team right he was playing yeah, super yeah. good uh, with their team and all and he got drafted from there he got drafted from the Euro League essentially and seeing that experience and depth he had playing with older guys I definitely think he'll be up there but JT as much as a, a good player he is I don't think his team's solid enough unless they get good draft picks and yeah. draft the players it's, and yeah it's it's all know. about how the team is built we we don't we're, we're not going to know how what players will be available and what players will want to go to these different teams five to ten years in the future but if i'm going to base the top five like youngest top five under 25 players in the league right now i'd say luka Doncic and jason tatum are are up there are one and i think one and two yeah don't also forget John Morant, right? He has a solid team right now. His team, okay, it's not that solid, but still, it's it's pretty good. And he's also really explosive. He's like a young Rus- Russell Westbrook, right? And if he gets the, the key players around him as well, too. Like, I, I don't know about me, but I would really like to see John Morant and Jason Tatum together. I want to see how they play. Like, yeah, it'd be them both together, that'd be really interesting. Then I can see something happen. Luca himself is able to, is capable enough of handling a team on his own. But like, uh, I think it's just putting defensive pieces around Luca for him to succeed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because if it's only him attacking with everything defense around him, it's it's a pretty strong team. Yep. Okay, guys, that seems to be it. Ishan, we hope you had a great time with us on the After the Buzzer podcast, and don't forget to give us a shout out. 
You can follow us on our Instagram at afterthebuzzersports underscore. And please check out our other podcasts after this one. Thank you for tuning in this week. And we, we hope you check out more of our podcasts in the future.